A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 32 through 50. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Thank you, Joe. Oh, what a good passage. I know that was long, but oh my goodness, like uh, this, the David and Goliath story. When's the last time that you've read it and not just watched Veggie Tales about it? But it is a story where you begin to see these two individuals. It's a long passage. It goes, it's, a, it's a passage in 1 Samuel that's over 50 verses long. But it's this long passage where we get to see in the section that we just read, we get to see sort of two guys just sort of sling at it, you know, sort of just start talking like 
tough language with each other, which is a pretty fun thing to say. You know, when you, when you look at those good movies, you know, the good old, like, kingdom, we're battling for the kingdom, and they're like, you pick your champion, and we'll pick our champion. We'll spare the armies, but we'll go after it, and whoever wins, wins, right? Or I feel like, I feel like I've seen that in, like, uh, like, prison fights, too. Anyway, I don't know, I digress. But, like, in those moments, right, we see just a bunch of what we think is machismo moments, right? where it's just saying, I'm this big guy. And we say, look at all that courage. Look at all of this. We can look at the David and Goliath story and we can say, here he comes. Here comes Alex. He's going to give a story of how we can conquer the giants in our life. And there's, I've preached sermons like that, but as I was studying this week, and as I was looking at this story, I began to see that it was a story that we really can pull out two types of courage. You have Goliath's courage, and you have David's courage. You have a courage where uh, uh, someone who is weak, someone who is that unlikely contender, just step forward. And even when he is given all of the armor, even when he is given everything that he should need to, to go to battle, he turns it all down. And you have Goliath. You have Goliath who is this giant. Some say he was eight feet tall. Other people say he was 6'4", which is still tall when you're not that tall. Anyway, and it's tall. But also we see even in the scriptures where they begin to uh, list out the clothes that Goliath wears. Now, if you are a student of scripture, I'm sorry, (coughs) if you are a student of scripture, you know that not often do they talk about dudes' clothes. And so we get drawn into this list of what Goliath is wearing. And we see that Goliath is wearing long armor. And actually his armor weighs up to 125 pounds. I can't even bench press 125 pounds. It's all of this, and he is a big dude. But what we begin to hear is also not just the contrast of the young shepherd boy who his father didn't even choose to bring and meet the king earlier in the story. And then we see the giant who has everything. And everybody has a confidence in the giant, the Philistine, to beat the Israelite. And they meet on the battlefield. But what we begin to see in this difference of courage is that Goliath's courage is a counterfeit courage. And David's courage is a genuine and true courage. David, or Goliath, spoke in language that was very, uh, I will not lose, very overconfident. Goliath used language where he was banishing fear, where he was stepping away. Oh my gosh. (coughs) I think I might need some water, yeah. He was stepping away from thinking and believing that he could ever lose. To me, this is stuff that we hear today. And sometimes we can hear when we talk about those who are entering new seasons in their life. (coughs) Where they, oh man, see, I talk too much, it's coming. Anyway, but in new seasons of life where they say, you've got to just take life on. Nothing bad can remove all of the obstacles that could be bad. 
banish the fear in your life, and then you will find success. To me, this is counterfeit courage. To try to eliminate everything and try to think that everything will go your way no matter what. If I play all of my cards correctly, nothing will ever go wrong. Everybody get the boomsticks out for Liz as she brings me water. Oh, this is awesome. Yay! See, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. I brought my water. I forgot. Oh, right. I apologize. And so what we see here, then, is the story of David who shows up, and he is just a shepherd boy. That's all he is. He, he clarifies things and he says, I'm not just a shepherd boy. I protected the family's flock. If the bear and the lion would come, I know how to use a sling. I can defend them. I'm not a, I'm not a slouch and a warrior. I can do this. And so what we begin to see, though, is the difference is this, is that he begins to say and show that he has courage in the Lord. He has courage in the Lord. And what we begin to see as this plays out, as you have the champion of Goliath, versus the champion of David, and they go out onto the field, we see that they aren't representing themselves, but they are representing, they are representing the Philistines, the Philistines and the Israelites. And as they represent them, we begin to see this all play out. Where David, with his courage in the Lord, begins to know that there is a chance he could lose. David knows the fear that is involved, and Goliath is clueless. His overconfidence and his lack of wanting to know that there is fear in front of him causes him to fail. The reality is this, is that if you banish fear, you become out of touch with reality. I believe that God is wanting us to understand this, that we do not be, strive to be a people who have no fear in our lives, but we understand that with that fear that we can be able to step into a life of great courage. If you get rid of fear, you begin to be a person who lacks wisdom. There is fear that can happen. We gain courage by doing the right thing in spite of our fears. What takes place in this story is that we begin to see that what the role that we play as we step into this story is this. We are the ones who are too afraid to fight. That's who we are. I'm not going to ask you to say, are you Goliath or are you David today? I, don't, I haven't used a slingshot since I was a kid. But like, I'm not asking you that. I think when we put ourselves into the story, we are in the audience. And we were too afraid to go and fight. And so we have to begin to look at it in this way. What was Goliath fixing his eyes upon? He was fixing his eyes upon his high self-esteem and himself. I will not lose. I am confident in myself. Where did David fix his eyes upon? He fixed his eyes upon God. For us in our lives today, what are we fixing our eyes on to find courage? Are we fixing our eyes on upon self? If I just do these things, I can make it through. If I just play my cards right, I can eliminate all the things that go wrong, and I will be safe. Or are we fixing our eyes on Jesus? Are we placing our eyes on Jesus? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
You see, the story of David and Goliath is a foreshadowing of the courage that Christ had for you and me. For Christ to go to the cross, to take on the shame of, of our sin, and to take that and to not shrink back from the cross, but to go forward. And what we begin to see is that even in the midst of our nightmares of what could go wrong, which we have happen in our minds so often, what if this happens in this relationship and everything goes down? What if, what if I lose my job and we lose our money? What if I, I lose, lose a, a loved one? And we, we have all of these things where we can get so trapped in the thought of, of loss that we forget that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, He will get us through. That He will make that way when there doesn't seem to be a way. True courage is not absence of fear, but true courage is having the presence of joy in all things. This is Jesus. Joy is always on the way no matter what you are facing. We do not stay in the storm or stop in the storm, but we see that God is on the other side of that storm and He is with us through the storm saying there is joy in the morning. Psalms 35 is this. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. I remember those times as I speak to some of the kids who are about to go to college. I remember those times every time at the end of every semester where you have to begin to take finals. And every time for me, it didn't stop from my freshman year all the way to my senior year where I had my panic moment, right? Where I found myself calling my dad and saying like, I'm going to quit. I'm just done. I don't want to take these final tests. I don't want to write these final parent papers. I think I am just done. And calmly my dad would simply say, Alex, you are good. You're going to do great. And you're going to pass everything. You just that confidence in me. Maybe a little overconfident, Dad. But anyway, he had that confidence in me. And you know what? Every time I got to come back to college and finish it until I graduated, right? So I passed it all. But you know, when we get stuck in the middle of the night of life, where we think that we can't make it through until morning, those are hard moments. Where we get trapped, where we say, I don't understand this transition of life, Lord. It seems like one too many things that are just too hard to face. What we have to begin to understand is in this moment, we have the courage to see that joy is on the other side of it. Jesus is always going to bring joy for us. It doesn't mean that the storm will not happen. It just means on the other side, there will be joy and the presence of God is with us. Jesus is always going to be teaching us when we look at that to look beyond the sufferings of life. It's not always the most fun thing to talk about. There might be some sufferings. But look beyond those sufferings because there will be joy. And this is the thing, the difference between the counterfeit courage that thinks that we have to put it all on ourselves. I have to pass my test, right? I have to get through this loss of a loved one by myself. I have to make sure that I always have a job that is going to provide for everything and everything will be coming because I want to eliminate the fear of life. That's counterfeit courage. That's not the intent that God wants you to have in your life. That's not how He wants you to live. God wants you to step into those moments knowing that He is going to provide what is on the other side. That it might not feel comfortable and there might be easy ways out. But God is saying, stay true. I'm not going to leave or, or abandon you. I'm going to see you through this season. And on the other side of it, there will be great joy. But you have to understand, you have to stay the course with me. 
Timothy Keller says this, true courage is self-forgotten because you know the joy that will take place no matter what happens. Early on in ministry, early on in ministry, I sat down with someone who had just received terrible news. Just a medical issue, and, and it was just a terrible moment. And I was young in ministry, and I don't think I brought much courage to the situation. I brought more tears. And I went, whoa. And I sat with this person who lived like Psalm 35. And though it may be suffering now, there is great joy on the other side. And as he said this with a smile, I saw hope, I saw joy, I saw love, and I saw grace, and I was amazed. And that moment, my faith grew because of the faith of that person. A powerful moment for me. True courage understands the long-term effects of having to live daily with Christ. Counterfeit courage is only for the moment, and then you move on. But when we choose to live with Christ, we understand this. It may be hard, right? It's hard for us to always have courage. It really is. Oh my goodness. But you know what's freeing? Jesus is our true champion. And Jesus is the one who is holding you. Jesus is holding you. You don't have to hold on to courage all the time when you have a Savior who is holding on to you and willing to be with you and guide you through it all. That's the David and Goliath story for us. The David and Goliath story for us is not to lean into counterfeit courage and just think that we have to get through things in the short term, but the David and Goliath story for us is to look and see, do I have genuine and true courage to not try to flee from fear, but to step into it, knowing that Christ is with me, that Christ will lead me, and that Christ will open a door when I don't think doors can be opened. This is the power of putting your trust and your faith in Christ. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, we thank you so much for the love that we, you have for us, that you are our true champion, and that in moments where we find weakness, moments where we find ourselves coming up short, Lord, you are the one who is holding on to us and helping us to see that we can have courage in this. And so, God, we pray right now. We pray that we don't be pursuers of counterfeit courage, but that we only be pursuers of you, that we fix our eyes upon you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Here at the Branches, we, uh, we celebrate communion every Sunday. And as we celebrate communion, we just are welcome to... It's welcome to all who come and believe and confess that Jesus is their Savior. All who, who believe that are welcome to take communion this morning. And as we take it, we are reminded that we can lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross, that we are not defined by our sins anymore. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, we ask that you bless this bread and this juice. Let it represent to us your body that was broken, your blood that was spilled for us. And Lord, let us flee from sin. Let us lay it at your feet so that our lives can be filled with your love and your peace and your mercy. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take any.
the blood of Christ shed for you and the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Lord, your love never ceases to amaze us. Lord, your love allows for your grace to give us forgiveness so that we do not have to be defined by our failures and our sins anymore, but that we have life in you. Lord, allow for us to be filled with you so that we can share your love as we leave this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as we go from this place, this curtain will raise up and you will all ascend on the bounce houses. Before the kids get out of twigs, you can go, guys. All of the adults can go down the big slide first. No, anyway, but the inflatables are up today for our kids. Stick around, have some fun. But as we leave this place, as we leave this place, let us go knowing that we are called to be his light and his love to all those around us, that there is no one that we cannot share the love of Jesus with. How beautiful is that? So let us go as missionaries this week to be the light and love of Jesus to all those around us. Go with Christ. Amen.